the Team Builder Playbook, bite-sized, honest, and practical tips and strategies for building and scaling your team as a startup entrepreneur. In this episode, I interview somebody who stood out to me because of the way that he saw opportunity where a lot of other people see challenges and obstacles. His name is Adam Flores, and I met him at one of my masterminds. The reason I wanted to bring him to the podcast and share his insights with you is because of who he is. Adam is somebody who, when you meet him, he immediately connects with you. And it comes from a place of not having an agenda and wanting something from you, but really wanting to get to know you, being open and interested and curious in what is it that you have to say. I knew immediately that I wanted Adam to be one of my first guests on the podcast because I found him the perfect example of the way of being that an entrepreneur um, can be in attracting amazing people to work on on their team. It is about the being. It is not about the doing that makes Adam a successful team builder and a successful entrepreneur who went from a dishwasher at a golf course to building a company in over a million dollars in revenue. So listen in to my interview with Adam and pay attention to not only what he says, but how he says it and what his philosophy and way of thinking around building teams is. Hello, this is Lisa Kostova with the Team Builder Playbook Podcast. Welcome to the show. Today, I have an amazing guest. I'm so excited to introduce him. It is Adam Flores. And Adam is a young revolutionary business leader. For many years, he struggled to get his message and business ideas out into the world. And his frustration led him to become what he calls a radical student in leadership, social media, and internet marketing. His ability to combine the fundamental principles of each of these categories paved the way for him to build his business beyond a million dollars in sales. I first met Adam at the mastermind of one of my coaches, Shanda. And what I noticed about Adam right away was his genuine passion and charisma to see people and organizations win, and really his genuine passion for building teams. Adam now spends his time consulting for individuals, businesses, and organizations around the country. Welcome, Adam, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Adam, I when I first saw you, I immediately felt drawn to you. And part of it was because of where you came from. You have an amazing story. And there's a moment that you shared with the group with you working at a golf course, and really seeing the possibility and the opportunity that was around you. Can you bring us back to that moment and let the readers experience the magic? Yeah, absolutely. Well, to kind of put things into context, you know, I grew up in, uh, in a home where my mom was doing her best to provide for us. And unfortunately, due to a bad relationship she had went through, she kind of lost everything. And we had to, at a young age, we had to go live with our, our grandma and, and be separated from our mom because of financial reasons. And to be pulled away from the woman who loves you the most is, you know, is a very hard thing. And it broke me inside as a kid. And I never wanted to have financial struggles in my family like that. So I made a decision at a young age that I was going to figure out the financial side of life. And there was nothing I could do about it, though, you know, being so young. 
So I got my first job that I could as soon as I turned 16 and I became a dishwasher at a golf course. So while I was at this golf course, it was, uh, it was at the restaurant that sat on top of the pro shop and it overlooked the course. And I would see all these people playing golf in the middle of the day. And I thought to myself, how in, do, how in the world do these people have time to be able to play golf during the week? And how do they even have money to afford it all the time? And I thought to myself, if I could figure out how to have that kind of time and money, I would definitely make a big impact in the world. And so I set off to my journey and I, uh, I didn't have any business ideas yet. Didn't even have credit. Uh, so I, right when I turned 18, I gave myself a promotion. I became a barista at Starbucks. And while I was there, somebody told me about an opportunity in direct sales. So I get involved in that opportunity. And next thing you know, I end up, uh, you know, failing for the next three years of my life, you know, no success. I have oversized suits. I'm 18. I look like I'm 13. Uh, I'm dealing with a lot of rejection and they're promising me that I can have a, like this amazing future if I keep going. But the further I go, just the more money that keeps overdrafting my bank account <laughs> because I couldn't afford to even do business because Starbucks wasn't covering the cost of what it was costing me to do that. So I eventually just throw in the towel and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do the traditional route. I get back into school and uh, and I get a phone call, Adam, I got this opportunity for you. You got to check it out. I'm like, Oh, not again, another opportunity. But this time I was like, this is my last shot. Luckily for me, that mentor knew Facebook ads at a time. It was one cent a click. So we were enrolling people like crazy. I went from scratch to building my first million dollars in sales by 23. And it was selling other people's stuff. And so with that came a lot of guidelines and regulations. And so when I started to build my own brand, showing people what I was doing, the company didn't allow that to happen. So I had to make a hard decision. Do I follow my passion or do I stay in this company and stay secure in my income? And I had to make that big jump and leave it all behind and follow my passion. So that's when I started my own brand in uh, coaching, showing people how to use social media and online marketing to grow their businesses. Well, next thing you know, people from all around the country started joining my programs and they began telling their friends and their friends began telling their friends. And so that opened up to having events, masterminds. We now have memberships. And through that process, we even started a branding agency five years ago called the Dream Factory, where we built out everyone's online brands, funnels, automated systems to help them really scale their business to get to that seven figure mark. And so now that's where a lot of my time is spent um, is helping businesses scale through building systems, through building team and uh, through leadership to help them get to that next level. Amazing. And I can, I can only imagine what it felt like when you were given, you know, when you were at a comfortable place in a company and you were making Amazing money, especially given like where you had come from. What did it take for you and why did you decide to take the leap and to build your own business? When you have so much that you want to give to the world and it's being confined because of the regulations and guidelines, you feel trapped. And when you feel trapped, you aren't fulfilled. It's painful. So I had to make the decision to jump out of what I felt was confining me and be able to help more people make greater impact. And that was the hard decision I had to make. And so it was scary because I had, you know, worked so hard to finally have success and then to leave it behind and start all over again. But at the same time, my passion, it was like pulling me. And that's why vision is so key because vision makes decisions for you. 
Vision simplifies your life because it makes decisions for you. So my vision was to be a speaker, to make impact, to train people around the world. So anything that's not in alignment with that vision, life already decides what's for me and what's not for me. I love that because it lifts the burden from you of making a decision. It makes that process that can be so painful and so like drawn out simple. Yes. And I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like it was so simple. It was a very scary process. I was very nervous. I went through a lot of stress. Um, I started to overeat. Um, I was dealing with a lot of uh, just pressure. And I was also with my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife who saw me at the top of my game and literally saw me like literally moving into my mom's house, like just like starting from nothing all over again. So to see like her go through that struggle with me, I was embarrassed about that. So there was just a lot of pain there. Uh, and I had no other options because I'd cut all the ties. I had to make this work. And so that put a fire under me to keep going. And how important is it to close your back doors? So for anybody listening to this podcast, you know, they're at the place where um, a lot of them are thinking about building teams and growing and scaling. It's a big bet and it feels scary. It feels like you are taking a big risk because you're, you're placing a large bet on, on the table. What would you say helped you place that large bet on the table? And how important was it to like cut off all the back doors? Yeah, definitely. You have to be obsessed with helping people get a result. That's what you have to be. You have to be obsessed with how people get a result. If you do that, I don't see how you can fail. Like, I don't see how failure is possible. If you are focused on creating all of the time, like you just want to create cool stuff and you want to create what you want and you want it done your way and you want to look a certain way, you can spend so much time that doing that, it's where it's all about you. That's how, in my, in my opinion, that's how you can put a lot of effort in and fail. But when you're obsessed about a result, you just put yourself out there right away and you start learning about what people actually need as you begin to serve them. And that's why a lot of people wait to start. I say start where you're at, give what you can, and then what you don't have, bring in other people to support that community. For example, when I began my, my coaching business, when I started, I didn't have all the answers for Instagram, for LinkedIn, for YouTube. So I brought in other experts to train my community, but I was still charging them for those results to get those results because I trusted myself to go find those people and bring them into my community. So you don't always have to be the one with the answers. You just have to know where to go to get the answers. And so that's the key piece. I love that. It's a very entrepreneurial mindset. And what I love about the piece that you presenced earlier is the obsession with, again, not the product that you want to sell, but with getting the results and doing whatever it takes bringing in other speakers, bringing in, you know, learning new skills, turning yourself inside out in order to serve your customers, your clients, get them the results that they want. Now, that is an amazing, uh, amazing transition point to ask you about your philosophy of building teams. I feel like you share the same philosophy about building teams and serving your, your team members for their vision and their highest, highest potential. And when I saw you the marketing master, you shared your philosophy, which I believe was like building a smart team that runs the business without you. Can, can you share what your team building philosophy is and what is the most important thing to consider um, yeah. when you start building a team? Yeah, absolutely. So I came up with this acronym called a smart business. And the acronym for smart is a scalable mission-driven business that's automated with revenue streams run by team. And the automated piece is as automated as you can be. If you have a service, then you automate as much as you can. 
But the key idea is that you want to be able to have people in their strength zone and their zone of genius. So I really like John Wooden's philosophy on team building because what he would do is he was one of the most famous basketball coaches of all time. And he would design plays depending on where that player was great from. So let's say, for example, a player was great at shooting threes in the left-hand corner of the court. Then he would design plays just for that player to shoot threes from that place. So he built plays around that player's strength zone. And so how that really plays into what we do, especially as coaching or consulting space, you know, uh, you can easily, even if this is an entrepreneur or service-based business, you can easily spread yourself too thin and you end up giving yourself 5% to your clients. And it's better to give 100% of someone else than give 5% of you to work with in the area of your business. I love that. I love that idea. It's, it's, it's about the service and again, the quality of the service. It's about creating results, even if it's not you actually doing the uh, doing. Correct. So I was in a conference the other day and somebody says, well, Adam, it's so fulfilling to be able to have somebody tell me how amazing my service is. And I don't know how anyone could ever replace me doing what I do. And I said, the only reason you're addicted to that feeling is because you haven't had somebody tell you, wow, working with John was the most amazing experience. You have the best team ever. I said, when you get that testimonial and you weren't even there, that is a better feeling than you being the person that does everything. And that's what happens a lot of times. People think they're not replaceable. And the reality is, is that is actually a very false belief. And it comes from the idea that no one has your gifting. No one understands what you know. No one does what you do. And, and it's actually not true. There are actually people out there who are going to be more effective than you. They may not know as much as you know, but they'll be more effective than you because that's all they do is focus on serving your clients. And an entrepreneur has so many roles. They have to market, they have to generate leads, they have to make sales. So how can you truly be the one that's devoted to helping your clients fully if you're doing all of those roles and trying to also help clients. So it's better to find somebody who has the gifting and the leadership and the capacity to work with clients. And that leads us into the three roles that we use to hire, which is LQ, EQ, and IQ. Okay. So when I was building my first teams, the biggest mistake that I made is how I was hiring the people that had skill, but they weren't really the, 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 the right for our culture. Okay. So it was, it was very frustrating because they, they weren't a fit for what we were, we were doing. They weren't, a lot, they weren't aligned. And maybe if you've started building a team already, maybe you felt that way where you realize like, oh, this person's kind of good at what they do, but they just don't fit on the team, right? So what we began to do is hire off of LQ, EQ, and IQ. So what is LQ? LQ is the love quotient. What's their ability and capacity to love, right? Because we want to have a culture rich in love. And so how does that show up in the workplace? It shows up with their willingness to serve. They just want to give, they want to contribute. They want to, they want to know how they can, you know, how they can do a better job. What do you need? Right. It's a servant heart. Right? It's a capacity to love. Then there's EQ, which is their emotional intelligence. How is their ability to understand how somebody else is feeling and be able to extend compassion and read that person and then be able to communicate them to assure them or to help them overcome something they're being held back by and articulate it in a way that makes the customer feel safe right? That, and then how do they in, uh, communicate their own frustrations and verbalize that to be able to bring conflict resolution? That's all EQ, right? And then there's IQ. How good are they at the actual skill set? If I can find someone with high LQ and EQ, almost all the time they could figure out how to improve their skill set. 
That's the piece. So with that, we want to have a culture like heaven on earth. That's our objective. And so in order to have that, we have to have a high amount of love, a high amount of compassion, and we have to be good at what we do. So we operate in integrity. So those are the three uh, things that we hire off of now change the game for us. And, uh, and it's been awesome. So it sounds like almost turning the, the traditional way of hiring or building teams upside down. Most everybody these days, or at least used to hire based on IQ only. Yep. And what you're saying is that IQ is figure outable and the other two components are the ones that you want to hire for. And then the IQ will can be figured out, can be trained, can be, you know, the gas can be filled out. Yep. I love it. I love it. And how can people find out more about your model and, and what you do and work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you head over to dreamfactoryco.com, we have a form there that says schedule your free demo. If you click on that, you fill out a quick form. Uh, here's a cool thing a lot of, not a lot of people know is that we, when we call you, we actually give you a full strategy session uh, for your business on how to build, launch, and scale it. So if you head over to dreamfactoryco.com and schedule that demo, there's a ton of value there uh, where you get to speak with a member of our team. And if you decide to move forward, of course, there's an option to do that. But we really just, you'll see when you get on a, a, a call how much we're there to help you grow your business. So I love that. I can feel your generosity. I've experienced your generosity and your loving and open heart. And it truly is the foundation for creating value, playing, playing a win-win game. Absolutely. I Absolutely. love that. And uh, so the uh, URL was dreamfactoryco.com. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. And we'll, we'll drop it in the show notes as well. Absolutely. We also have a mastermind we've put together, you know, um, I really had a passion around helping people build that first million dollar company. That's really been a fun passion for me because I like to see people progress and use their bank account as a scoreboard. And what that means is that every day you play the game, you have a chance to win. And how do you measure that? You measure that by the scoreboard. So that means that you actually can win every day by seeing that number increase more today than it was yesterday. Right. And so, um, that makes the game fun. And I love gamification. You know about that because of product creation. Uh, I love being able to gamify life and business and, uh, and creating as many opportunities to win as possible. So that mastermind is a ton of fun and, and that's what it's all about. I love it. And I love the idea that the bank account is not your worth. It is not, it is not an evaluation or uh, a description of who you are and what you're worth as a person. It is a scoreboard. It is a resource. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. This has been great. And there's so much more I'd love to share, but I know we got to jump off. So I want to respect the time. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is Lisa Kustova, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Team Builder Playbook podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast, and I will see you on our next episode.